Welcome back to Library Media Chatter, the most popular podcast in the periodical section of your local public library. Uh, I'm Dan Wright, librarian at Melville and Oakville High Schools. That's right. I call that a promotion for you. Yes. Yeah. I, we were doing such good things. They're like, <laughs> you need to be spreading that everywhere yeah. else. You need to, yeah. you can't just we keep that in one building. We got to have some of that building. over here in yes. Oakville. Yeah. You can't contain that in one, in one building. I am Greg Baum. I am one of the library media specialists at Rockwood Summit High School. So yeah, we're back. This is episode three. I wanted to remind you that we do have an email address that is librarymediachatter at gmail.com. Uh, that has just been blowing up recently with uh, all kinds of advertisements and spam emails. So if anybody has a real thing they want to yeah. send our way, yeah, any feedback, any ideas, any like, hey, this is what we're doing. Uh, we'd love to know. It has an uncrackable password, though. I saw yeah. our password today, and I just started to laugh. So yeah. don't even try to hack into no. it. No, I mean, you will thinking... never. Yeah. Um, I was at a meeting yesterday where I had up on the screen, I had to put something up, <laughs> and I started typing in my my personal password for my school stuff, and people were laughing because it was so long. Like, who is hacking your library account? Like, why does anybody go, it's not that, you might want to it's that you'd never could consider it right uh, and this this one is a different password and i think it's equally uh yeah. ingenious and yeah. impossible to get around yeah i like to yeah uncrackable yeah yeah uh, and i don't know where you're listening to us if it's podcast.com itunes or spotify but uh wherever you are why don't you go ahead and give us as many stars as you can give us <laughs> uh, and say something nice because yeah, um, that makes us feel good. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know what that does. I've just hear people say that on all the podcasts I listen to. And I wonder what do you get out of that other than personal pride? And I'll just take the personal pride, I guess. Well, that's where we're going to get our, um, our, sponsorship money you know our advertising money so that we can make the big bucks off the library you know as we always planned that's yes. why people get into libraries i mean yes we're gonna yeah. get that that sweet nook money <laughs> yes. when they see how many five-star reviews we yeah. have coming through yeah you want to just jump right in i th i feel like we have to if, if they're still listening to us at this point yeah. yes let's god, just get god bless you for making it through the first two <laughs> minutes of episode three yeah. Uh, so, Greg, tell me, what are you reading these days? <clears throat> well, I just finished a book called Murder at Pirate's Cove by Josh Lanyon, and I really enjoyed it. This is, it's not a YA book, but it would be appropriate in the school library because it is a cozy mystery. So, you know, there's no swearing, there is no um, violence on the page, there's no sex on the page. So it's all, it's very tame, but it's also just a, t this book was a ton of fun. It is... <clears throat> set in a small fictional town called Pirate's Cove and a the new guy in town is being framed for a murder and so of course he gets kind of caught up in all the small town dynamics that he's not really familiar with and then um it's kind of like I enjoy books like this because it has a gay protagonist and so there, it's hard to find books about LGBTQ characters that don't fixate on sex and having sex and so i really enjoyed that this was a cozy mystery um with just a little bit of little tiny little hint of romance in there but really it was just kind of a fun mystery about a character who happened to be gay and we've talked about this with other books you know it's to me that's a much better way to serve representation is where their identity is not the driving 
component of their character. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. No, that sounds great. And I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that if I'm reading a book and like you say, if the romance is not a major component, if it's not mm-hmm. like built around the romance, right. then why can't that character have any identity? Like, why can't right. they be like, what would be the, what would be wrong or weird or unsellable? Cause I'm sure that's what people argue, right? It's like, right. Oh, who's going to read that? And you go, right. Well, why? I did. I, I didn't, I've never picked up an Agatha Christie and gone, well, I wonder who the romantic partner is going to be <laughs> in this murder mystery. That's yeah. never been. You're lost though, Dan. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. And then there were none, I'm sure would have yeah. really impacted me differently <laughs> had I been viewing it through that lens. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued because the first part of that sounded like a, like Rambo. Uh, first blood the first where so he's the new guy in town and yeah. he gets everything pinned on him yeah at any point does your protagonist go into the woods uh and start taking out the small town police force <laughs> that, who militarizes that, against him that did not make it into the final version the final draft of that story i'd like to see an earlier cut i'd like yeah. to see if that yeah. was part of it if, or yeah. In the acknowledgments, was there a <laughs> thank you to Sylvester Stallone or anything like that? Yeah, um, yeah. No, unfortunately, that did not. <laughs> All right, tell us about your book. No, I think unfortunate is the correct <laughs> word to use there for sure. Um, interestingly, uh, when you were talking about yours being not a YA, but certainly appropriate for your school library uh, because of language and other issues not being a thing, the book that I finished pretty recently uh, a few days ago, was Project Hail Mary by oh, Andy Weir. Yeah. Uh, so he wrote The Martian. Mm-hmm. The basic idea of the story, you're on a deep space voyage with this character who's kind of uh, Jason borning his memories back, ah. uh, trying to kind of figure out who he is and how he got here. Although he clearly knows that he's in a spaceship <laughs> and that he is <laughs> uh, not an unintelligent person who had no business being here or anything like that. He's working his way through things. And so you get about half the book is in flashback as he's getting these memories back and the other half is happening currently. Okay. But when you mentioned the appropriateness side of things, there were moments when I was reading it, when I thought to myself, and he makes some direct jokes mm-hmm. about the characters. It's, it's first person narration, but he makes direct jokes about his lack of cursing. Oh yeah. That he just does not, he apparently is not someone who curses as oh, he's finding things out about himself. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, I wonder if Andy Weir is making a direct reference to the Martian hmm. and how, not that that book is overly potty mouthed or anything, mm-hmm. um, but it opens with, swearing Mm -hmm. because the guy's stuck in space and he immediately curses yeah and this book opens kind of similarly and he not not it's not like a mirror moment but fairly early on to him waking up in this environment says a a version of a curse word that your great grandma wouldn't be bothered by and it's kind of like, wait, why did I just say that? Oh, interesting. So I wonder if he's kind of making a little reference to maybe people were complaining mm-hmm. about his language that early in the book or whatever. And I know they published a school-friendly version of The Martian that oh. cut some of that stuff out. Oh, um, interesting. 
but this is this censorship is a cool, in action. <laughs> yes, and, and like, and I don't know. I I haven't. I didn't do the research to find out if that was a Andy Weir wanted to do it, so it would yeah. be more school friendly, or if yeah. the publisher thought like maybe science classes would be more interested if you didn't have to deal with whatever. Uh, this book won't have that issue. Okay, but it was a cool, interesting. It keeps you locked in as you're going through, but kind of like if you read The Martian, there's a lot of science. Yeah. So it's not like I need to solve this problem and then I do, but it's, yeah, then I had to figure out and remember that this is how a botanist would whatever, or an engineer would whatever. Okay. or a, That was one of the things that I think people found really attractive about the Martian as well. And so it sounds like he's kind of found his, you know, his style or something like that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I thought it was uh, definitely a good read for anybody <clears throat> science oriented, okay. um, anybody that likes, if you liked the Martian, obviously this is a win. No yeah. romance in this book at all. Okay. Um, no. I mean, in a spaceship. I mean, yeah. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's tale as old as time, Dan. Yeah. I mean... Sure. It's the uh, the like sure. old man in the sea, right? Yeah. This is just that guy had amnesia. I'm sure of it. I just I don't yeah. remember somewhere in those 72 pages. I'm sure that guy oh lost God. his memory about something. But yeah, so Project Hail Mary by okay. Andy Weir, if you're okay. interested. So that's what we're reading. Uh, hopefully, those are things that you might be interested in or adding to your library at some point. Let us know. Like I said, email us. Yeah. Let us know that we're giving you good recommendations. I think it's time uh, for yeah, our first Yeah, we're right on break. schedule. I'm this keeping us on schedule this time. We're right yeah. on schedule. We got to yeah. stay locked in. So Greg's yeah. uh, keeping, me, <laughs> keeping me from wandering too far afield. Uh, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, this episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 174. Back by popular demand is another round of Do We Know Our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 174 and Greg is going to guess what the section is all about. Last episode you nailed it. Well, I needed a little prompting, but I, well, I did okay. I felt the, like I yeah. In the edited version, you nailed this. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think this edit. I don't think I'm gonna have to edit much in this one. I By the time this one's this edited, one. yeah. Yeah, I think you'll have this one even without me doing any work on it. I think okay. you're gonna be good I hope to go. So. So here's some highlights okay. from the Oakville and Melville libraries that okay. start with 174. Contemporary Debates in Bioethics, edited by Arthur L. Kaplan and Robert Arp. Mm -hmm. The Good Doctor, mm -hmm. a Father, a Son, and the Evolution of Medical Ethics by like Baron H. Lerner. Yes, well, and written by a Baron. <laughs> Even well, though I'm, I'm assuming that's his actual name, but yeah. I'd like to think that it was yeah. written by a Baron. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Genetic Engineering, Modern Progress, or Future Peril by Linda Tagliaferro. And maybe I should have read that differently. Modern Progress or Future Peril? I needed to go up at the end. Yeah, that was my bad. So here's another one. I'll, I'll, I'll redo this. For the Good of Mankind, The Shameful History of Human Medical Experimentation by Vicki Aransky Wittenstein. Okay. Greg? Do you know the theme of this? <laughs> well, I hope it's like medical ethics or bioethics. You nailed it. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Just ignore that ethics. weird 30 second silence where a conversation <laughs> edited down. No, that one was much, 
much smoother than the yeah. last time. You're getting good at this. This yeah, is going to be, well, I'm going to have to find something to stump you better next time. Another 26 years and I'll have this down. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to keep this podcast a rolling. Yeah. Well, we'd like to thank Dewey number 174 for sponsoring this episode. Yay. Thank you, Dewey. So we're going to do a segment that we did last time just to, to kind of keep things interesting. And hopefully these are some things that you might consider or try in your library or suggest to friends or whatever. So we just did, what are you reading? We're going to come back with, what are you doing? So Greg, yeah. what are you doing? <clears throat> well, mostly, I, mostly I'm taking the summer off, but we did, we have worked on this video and we're <clears throat> getting a video ready for our incoming students. Primarily for us, that means ninth new ninth graders you know we have we have a few transfer students every year but we don't have a high number of you know new students generally sure outside of ninth grade so this is our plan is we've been working on increasing our parental communications and community communications and so we're planning on sending this video to incoming students and parents of incoming students in august and the right now the video kind of it introduces me and my co-librarian, uh, Margaret Sullivan, and then it introduces our, we, one of our assistants, the other one left at the end of the school year. So it introduces one of our assistants and um, then it kind of gives an overview of our services and our collection and our policies. And the idea is that because as we were surveying um, parents in the community, you know, last school year, one of the things that came out pretty clearly was they really had no idea what the library did, even at the most basic level. Like I'm, I feel like it was even a stretch to, for them to understand that we checked out books. Like I was like, wow, these people really don't know. Yeah. So we're really, we're trying to address that, you know, and we're trying to build up and it, and it was a weird year because of the pandemic and we want to, you know, assuming things are safe in the fall and we can do this, have kids back in the library regularly. And so that's, that's what we're working on right now. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. are are you going to send through? Sorry, I, I no, we fine. can get to me yeah. anytime, but just as a, <laughs> are you sending it through? Uh, like, welcome back, school communications, or are you sending yeah. a separate? Here's a library specific thing that we're sending out. Well, kind of both. So last year, for the first time, we had all of our students enrolled by grade level in a Canvas course for the library. And okay. so it was much easier for us to distribute material to them. And parents had accounts that were linked to their students' classes. So parents got the same library notifications. Okay. So we're going to send it through that. But we're all, we have also asked our building principal, who is very supportive of the library, to include this with her, you know, incoming Welcome to Summit communications and so that's fantastic yeah yeah thanks yeah we've i mean we've and you know before before i was there and last year we've always done you know orientations with ninth graders and um had pamphlets and all sorts of stuff but i think the the missing piece that came out in our surveys was that that information never gets communicated to the adults and so it's a lot harder for them to encourage their kids to take advantage you know what i mean like sure. they so anyway, I hope this helps. I hope it at least moves us in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that also gave me an idea for a future episode. Oh. Um, that you explain a little bit of how the library is taking advantage of Canvas. Oh, yeah. Um, I know yeah. that that's a big 
we're making a move to that in our district. Uh, I know a lot of districts are doing that more. And Sandy Henthorne, who's my co-librarian, and I have had a few different conversations about just Mm -hmm. how will we use it? And she's Mm -hmm. done some research into what she can find for what other districts do. Um, But really maybe for maybe the next round of what are you doing, uh, I won't say anything and I'll just listen and take (laughs) notes while you go through kind of what are the effective ways that you've done things or what are things that you're finding it's, it's maybe best for in your experience. So for those of us that are, are taking that on sooner than later, yeah, that we maybe don't have to start at zero, but can can hit the ground running maybe a little yeah. bit more effectively. Yeah, sounds great. Cool. I, I, mostly, I'll talk about what other librarians in our district have done, but yes, I will talk about. Hey, but just yeah. like having that yeah. a couple of years now under your belt yeah. with using that, like the the district using that, just having Absolutely. more experience with it would be <clears throat> really great. Yeah, let's let's plan on it. Cool. What about you? So uh, I'm cheating a little bit this time. This is, I'm not actually working on this right now, nice. but we did like this. It. Yeah, it really, it makes it a lot easier when you're not actually doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we did this at, last year. We, or maybe it was two years ago. It might've been my first year. Sandy and I broke our biographies yeah. and our graphic novels into genre-fied sections okay so like most libraries now seem to have done with fiction we decided maybe it would be easier for kids to find graphic novels that might be for whatever they're looking for uh and biographies if we made those a little bit more user-friendly to find so with our graphic (laughs) novels we were buying and adding and finding and wanting to find so many new things in graphic novels that are Mm. not just manga, which is great, or manga, which is great. Right. And there are students who absolutely love it. And comic book kind of things, superhero stories that are also great. Uh, And I love that we have that for kids, but how can this be more easily identified for kids that are not immediately drawn to this area? Yeah. Or if a teacher says, maybe you could branch out into something else or we could try graphic novels. They're not just going, I don't know, I saw 47 copies of One Punch Man. What do I do? That's not a thing I want to read. Right. So we broke those uh, into manga. Okay. Superhero. Those are both kind of, we didn't really have to do much with those. Those were already identifiable and kind of their own thing. Yeah. And then three other sections. Adaptations. Okay. Nonfiction. Okay. And original graphic. Oh, okay. So I'm sure that there are other ways that you could break things down. I'm sure that there are, are, depending on what you have in your library, maybe you would add others or cut some of those. Yeah. But in looking at ours, adaptations, we have, we have a good number of those. There's a, uh, what was the Handmaid's Tale graphic novel? There's an Animal Farm graphic novel. There's, who's the... Oh, this is going to bother me to no end because I've read all of his stuff and he's phenomenal. There's a graphic artist who does adaptations of classical stuff. So he's done a bunch of Shakespeare. He's done the Iliad and the Odyssey. He's done all kinds of things and it's great stuff, but that's not really nonfiction. Right. And it's not, it's not its own story. Right. So if I'm a kid or a teacher looking for an adaptation, 
that's a very specific thing to me. Like I would yeah. be looking at Fahrenheit 451 differently than I would uh, something like Dragon Hoops right. or American Born Chinese. Right. So then we did the same with nonfiction and original graphic. Uh, reading the March books is different than reading Watchmen. Yeah. So yeah. kind of how could we logically break these without giving ourselves... 17 shelves that each have three books on them or something right. <laughs> those seemed like categories that made some sense and we redid some spine labels we added um abbreviations to go there so that okay. we knew where to reshelve them yeah in yeah the future but for the kids they're just in identified sections which was helpful nice uh, and we did the same with our biographies um, what do those categories look like so in biography those, we did business and technology and again, this is based on what we had yeah. and what we were adding. So you yeah. may have totally different kinds of things. Uh, business and technology, civil rights, arts and entertainment, authors, struggle, which I'll talk um, about in a second. Okay. Uh, notable, which I'll talk about in a second. <laughs> science and medicine, <clears throat> sports, U.S. history, and world history. So most of those, I think, are fairly self-explanatory. And again, depending on your library, you may find, like, we actually have a bunch in this area that doesn't quite fit some of these, right. uh, which is kind of where our notable and struggle came. Okay. So we had a lot of books dealing with um, people dealing with drug issues, um, <laughs> or other kind of personal struggles. Yeah. But the the authors were not people that you would have known. Right. And they're not really, they didn't fit any into any of the other things neatly. We we made that section. We had enough books to, to make that work. And then the notable were kind of the other category, like mm -hmm. the potpourri, mm -hmm. um, where it became... You don't fit a lot of these things, but they're humorous or they're interesting or they're okay. not they're not meant to be struggle books. There's an author that has done two different books now that one of them is called something like People Think My Girlfriend is My Nurse. <laughs> it's a great title. And yeah. And he's got another one, but it's so yes, you could look at that as him struggling with his life and the yeah. uh the disabilities that he's had to overcome but they're not they don't read like struggle books you're not reading right. those and going like i'm gonna read this harrowing story about that thing so if i'm a kid looking for a book yeah that's not in that category but you don't know the author otherwise that's really that's really a great idea for me to think about because as we we did a, some heavy weeding of our nonfiction last year and I was struck by how many biographies we have of people that I would never have been able to point someone to you know because I don't yes. know that person I don't know so I had always just kind of thought of accessing those through subject headings and things like that but um, I really like that idea of creating browsable categories for them you yeah. know I think that's really helpful and that was kind of the yeah can can I walk up to a shelf yeah because how many times do you have kids that come in and they go, well, I need a biography or I need a book. Right. You're like, well, we made the, the fiction genres so that when you say I need a book, I can make your life easier. Right. Nonfiction. I, they don't know Dewey. 
Yeah. And I, clearly Greg does. You, you <laughs> listen to the first commercial, but it's not like that is always the easiest thing to browse either. Right. So we, we right. tried to find, yeah, how do you make it a little bit more browsable? Yeah, I think so that's awesome. It's it's gone well so far. And we we keep kind of refining it as we go. We didn't, it's not like we fell in love with everything the first time, but yeah, uh, it certainly helps. Um, but yeah, I love that idea. So I'm I'm so glad you shared that because I could see how helpful that would be. Yeah, fingers crossed. If, yeah. if you need, we didn't invent it. We found it elsewhere, but um, <laughs> it, it was really, as soon as Sandy found it and we talked about it, it's like, oh, why wouldn't we do this? Yeah, yeah, so that I was like super that helpful. a lot, yeah. The book okay. we have to talk to you about that we read together for our review segment, the reader's nook portion, if you yeah. will, is Fireborn by Rosaria Munda. And it is a Gateway Readers Award not finalist nominee for 2021-2022. Um, I think it is most likely to be genrefied in fantasy because it is about dragon riders and it is set in kind of an alternate world where, you know, dragons are common and so it's about two characters lee who is a boy andy who is a girl um the to understand them and kind of their character arcs you have to understand the politics and we can um talk about that later if we have time but really the idea is that when lee and andy are children there's a revolution um and the traditional hierarchy of noble families who have controlled the dragons and been dragon riders is overthrown and in its place is this new order where anyone can become a dragon rider based on their skill and ability which is great except that revolution was really bloody and so lee was part of a dragon rider family his parents were killed and he was tortured by the people who overthrew that system annie was um uh, like her she was a victim of the noble families when they were in power so they kind of have these opposing backgrounds they're good friends and the story is about them both competing with each other for this top position in their city-state kind of uh army but also um dealing with like the truth coming to light about their backgrounds and the pull of this faction that wants to bring those noble families back into power so there's a, as you can probably tell from the summary there is a lot going on and then on top of that rosaria munda layers in like a lot of like i mean it's just a ton of world building and she's pretty open at the end in her author's note that she drew heavily on plato and virgil and the classics as she built this world um, and so if, if you know this would be an interesting companion piece for people that do read sections of Plato's Republic or that read sections of the Aeneid because um, she draws pretty pretty transparently on both of them. Um, I really liked reading this book. I, it's, it's pure YA in yes. a lot of ways. It is very, it's yes. centered on these teenage kids and them needing to kind of overcome things and deal with their struggles and whatever. So it's absolutely a book for a high school, maybe even a middle school library. I, there's not a lot of... It, there's no material in it that I would object to. I don't know. I don't I think there's imagine. objectionable content. Yeah. yeah. It's when I was reading it, I was kind of thinking this is the lightest version of game of Thrones you could ever see. Yeah. In that, like that kind of playing with power and where was the power before and how, yeah. which is not a game of Thrones specific thing, but connecting that to dragons. Yeah. And okay. Now that we have dragons, are we going to be any different right. or are we just going to continue doing the things that people did before. 
Right. So I thought it was well done. I liked the multiple POV going back and forth between those two characters. Yeah. That, and it was, it felt, I think it felt believable enough that these two characters who probably should have hated each other. Yeah. Or at least she should have hated him. Right. Uh, for their kind of historical context did not that no, they yeah. found ways to uh, connect and that their personal connection was different than whatever their families and, and what had been done previous to these two individuals uh, going on. It is the first book in a series that uh, Mund is calling the Aurelian cycle. Mm-hmm. Flamefall, I think is already out. Yeah, book two is out. I can't, it, that might be right. I can't remember the title, but yes, then, it is out. Uh, Fury Song, I think is the third. I don't know if there will be a fourth okay. or if it's just meant to be three in the cycle. Okay. Um, I, I don't always follow up on these books. There have been a lot of books in the gateway world that I've enjoyed. And then I saw that there was a second or third book a few years later and went, oh, that's right. That book was pretty good. And I just never did anything with yeah. it. I think I'm going to read the next one. I was oh, interested nice. enough yeah. that I wanted to kind of see where do you take it? Because I feel like yeah. she was successful in the first one. Yeah. So where do we go from here? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is, you know, if, if you have this in your library and you're recommending it to readers, it is a, because it is so complicated, there's, there it, I could see this being uh, like a, a wall of information that stop stops casual readers or readers who are easily discouraged. Interesting. That's how I was, I was overwhelmed and I'm I'm an adult. Um, So anyway, just a thought about, that's my only thought that I'll put in, you know, just be, have that in mind as you recommend it, that, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. And it's, I think it definitely, and just by the nature of what the content is, is going to be attractive to fantasy readers. Yes. Agreed. I don't know that you're going to get, non-fantasy readers that decide this is the book that changes them yes agreed but it is those things that your fantasy readers are looking for which is everything you talked about right the yeah the 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 larger than you can imagine world building and all of the other things going on you've you're in a world it doesn't feel like you're she's putting it together while you go right it feels like this world exists and she's just telling a story about it right um so yeah so that's Fireborn by Rosario Munda. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break to make sure we can pay our bills before yeah. we wrap this all up. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Dust Jackets, because the only thing worse than getting dust on the undecorated cardboard cover of your book is wishing you could just remove the tape down dust jacket altogether while you're reading a book from the library. Thanks for nothing, Dust Jackets. All right. We, as usual, have run out of time. Yeah, it happens every week. Yeah. Uh, this time, though, I think Carrie Lampy was prepared. Oh, She good. sends her regards. Uh, she is deep in training for an upcoming ah. Harry Potter trivia night ah. and was not able to interrupt her afternoon herbology lesson. <laughs> yes. So best of luck to you, Carrie. Uh, yeah. And possibly to Greg and I, if we yes. have a free evening and are yes. in, uh, joining that. And at that point, I just assume that we've already won. Right. So congratulations, <laughs> Carrie and your team for a possibly great us. showing. Yeah. Yes. 
I think that's it this week. Yeah. Uh, Thank another, you guys for joining us. Yeah, yeah another great episode. <laughs> I have already. to assume. <laughs> yeah. In the humblest podcast yeah. about libraries. Oh, gosh. Uh, so until next time, remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark.